0: Welcome to Degree of Experience Podcast, Episode 3. I'm your host, Chris Bargeron, and with us today is our co-host, Sir Puck. Sir Puck, how you doing, man? I'm most excellent. Chris, how are you? You doing well? Doing well, man. Doing well. Great, and. Great. And happy to have everyone here for our third episode. This is Degree of Experience," a podcast where we reevaluate our past in order to redefine our present and future. And uh, today we're going to be talking about our college stories. Uh, it's maybe a little bit of a shorter episode because I think both of our college experiences were pretty short, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> mine was. Yeah. I think mine was shorter than yours, so Well, how, how long were you in college? Uh, technically, I was
1: uh, I was enrolled for two semesters, which would have been uh, the, the the whatever the
0: opening. I guess like what would have been like, when do you start fall? I mean, I mean, right? you can start at any time, um, but probably you started It'd in fall because like You went right after high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like
1: August and then uh, so that first semester and then the one after that. But uh, as mentioned in the previous episode, and while we're speaking of previous episodes, very well done on episode two, man. I I did enjoy that greatly. Thank uh, you. Kept me walking around the park, listening to that story. Got a soft spot for New York and all that too, so that added a nice little, nice little dimension to it for me. But um, like we said, uh, you know, basically dropped out because of nine eleven. Just wasn't really interested in it, so um, it was very very short for me. Um, but tell me, tell me about yours. I don't really remember. I mean, like I think I remember bits and pieces, but this is this is kind of good. We haven't we're we're taking the JCD and AC formula on this one. I don't remember too much about your college stuff. I think there'll be stuff that pops
0: up that I remember, but right. Um. Okay, because that know, was before we met, and and it was it it was it was right after Fish Tour, because I think we got back in like probably July. About mid July. I don't know. Daytime doesn't matter. Because here's the thing like when because originally I was supposed to go to Chattahoochee Tech. Um, and for whatever reason, when I when I dipped out to fish tour and came back, I had missed some deadline of something I was supposed to do. So yeah. and so I couldn't I, I so I missed the chance for admissions to Chattahoochee Tech. And but because of the Hope Scholarship, and for those that aren't familiar, in Georgia, or at least at that time, I'm assuming we still have it, the uh, Hope Scholarship was if you had, I think, like a 3.0 or 3.5 or better GPA in high school, uh, you essentially got uh, free funding from the state to, to, to go to college. And yeah, you had to do it within the first year. And I've heard from people later that you actually didn't have to go into it the following fall. like You had a full year to take advantage of it. So you could have gone in and like the... You know, spring semester or the summer semester the next year. But it still was the big deal with my parents of like, you got to go to school now or you're missing this opportunity. And so we kind of scrounged around and there was only like... I mean, I only had like two options basically. And I went with West Georgia um, because again, they were still accepting sort of last minute admissions and they had a music degree. Uh, so up that way I went, but I was there less than you. I was only there like, gosh, maybe three months. Uh, okay, yeah. And I, and I failed out, I guess like,
1: cause you know, and- my second semester went very, was very short. Like it was a super short one. I feel like the first semester laid the foundation for like, Hey, this probably isn't really working for me. Cause I didn't go off. I was still up in the burbs taking Marta down in. So it was like an hour cause I went to Georgia state. Mm-hmm. Um, no real reason other than some people I knew were, um, and yeah, I think it was just doing general, general studies. So, um, I figured it out pretty quickly that it really wasn't for me, at least with that configuration, I probably should have picked something like Chattahoochee tech. Isn't that more in the suburbs? If I I don't remember where that is.
0: Yeah. It's, um, if I remember correctly, it's over in Kennesaw. It's not the Gordy Park, Gray. Right? No,
1: okay. Kennesaw.
0: Yeah. Kennesaw. But I mean, but you're right. It's, it's in these North Atlanta suburbs area. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but yeah. So, and for me, I was, I mean, cause I guess we're coming from last, like I left a computer programming gig and I kind of had, I kind of had sort of disillusions with it. Um, you know, I didn't want to be stuck in a cubicle for the rest of my life and I always loved music. And so, yeah, going to a music degree, I kind of had a little passion, kind of brought back, and I went, I went to college, and and uh, I think I reconnected with the marching band there. I kind of started off there in percussion. Oh, nice! And uh, yeah, and I even sort of like I actually had a little bit of that fraternity experience. Um, oh. Huh. Yeah, getting started in the the music marching fraternity. band. Yeah, marching yeah. band fraternity and that um, has got to be interesting. I know
1: band kids. Weird. I was some of them for a while, one one of them for a while, but mm-hmm.
0: uh, I have experience with the local band kids and guys are a special breed. Hey, where well, were we? We're <laughs> We're a well-cut breed of discipline. I mean, well, I was in the Lasseter marching band uh, in the yeah. late '90s when we won the Bands of America yep. national championship in 1998. Yeah,
1: everybody, everybody in that area from then knows too.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I still I g- can't believe what they've done with the school since there. I mean, they have a concert hall with big, huge columns in front of it, looking like you know some Greek amphitheater or something like that. It, it's you know obviously. Um, Lotto money, but mm-hmm. <laughs> well used, I suppose. Yeah. considering
0: the history and yeah, you know, hopefully, I'm sure they're still good. Mm-hmm. That band program earned it, and uh, Alfred Watkins, uh, amazing band director, uh, nationally recognized. Mm-hmm. Actually, have you ever seen the movie Drumline? Um, have not. I it's I think it was well, I guess it must have been late '90s, early 2000s movie. Yeah. But the point was, and I'm a little vague on the details, but I'm fairly certain. But still, like our band director uh, was either consulted on that movie or helped with, with kind of some of the marching band work that they did. I mean, they had a few different people involved in it, but he was one of the people you know, advising them and helping them on getting their movie marching band to look good. Um, That's cool. So, so it kind of shows you how, how special our high school was. And yeah, it was kind of interesting going from like being in the Lassiter marching band to the West Georgia marching band and at this time in the year 2000 in West Georgia, West Georgia had a football team, but we did that college did not have a football stadium or field. It was the weirdest thing because we used to do our band hmm. camps at Lassiter and uh, at this school, and that was the other kind of weird part about it. But because they have like they had like ten practice football fields. And so we would come and do band camp for like, you know, be like maybe a week, maybe two weeks. And we'd stay in the college dorms and this old school, small little dorms, not like the nice stuff yeah. that kids have nowadays. And um, my, the room's yeah. like a closet that you share with somebody sure. else. Um, but, but yeah, but we didn't have an actual football stadium. We went to the local high school for our college football games. It was weird. It just, it just, so it, it felt like a big step back. And, and then it was also weird that the dorm that I stayed at as a college student was the same dorm building that we had a uh, uh, band camp in. so but then <laughs> i ended the living there. <laughs> yeah, so now I'm living there. So So that added, you know, again, it's kind of that sort of like, is this really where I want to be? you know, kind of feel to it. And then but at the same time too, as we talked about the first episode, I had just started partying. You know, I had gone through all high school, just just being beh- behaving as I was supposed to, not rebelling, and I missed out. This is how I feel now. I, I missed out on a lot of the sort of teenage years of kind of getting it out of my system, and here I am going into college, and and I want to get the partying out of my system when it's kind of time to start taking things seriously, you know, or at least a little more seriously. So, yeah, I
1: never, I didn't do any of that in high school either. And I never really, I don't know if that was the, the reason behind why I, you know, started drinking and, and doing some drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, I didn't have like a steady girlfriend throughout high school. I had just like friends and stuff like that. Like, it was always some weird, weird thing going on. Like, technically, Like I'd hung out with one of the lunch ladies who was like maybe like in her early twenties, like, and I'd hang out with, go like hike with her. And she had like a kid and like, you know, I'm still in high school. I've always like tried to hang out or surround myself with people that are older. Like, it's just been like a theme of my life. Like I've, uh, When I was a child, like the the sitter was an old lady, and like I'd just hang out with her. It was always Mm -hmm. a joke, like I'm really watching her, you know, because she's old. But like I digress.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can Uh, relate with that because, like, in high school too, I was in my dad's uh, cover band, and so I'd hang out with yeah, I'd hang out with him and his friends. I mean, I say hang out. It was just like. You know, I was I was his son, his teenage in the room. son.
1: Yeah, you're and, in the room though.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and they and I mean, and they would like, but still, it was like I was kind of one of the guys, and it was really cool. And yeah, I de- it definitely kind of gave me that sort of sense, like you're talking about, of just sort of you feel almost a little separate from your age group because uh, you're hanging yeah. out with the with the older guys. Yeah. yeah, well, my my grandfather was more of a figure in my
1: life. You know, it was that father figure? So like, I'd always, I don't know, I just always more be able to relate to older people
0: yeah and now we're those older people yeah yeah you geez yeah jeez. yeah today's my 40th birthday by the way oh we're recording this on my 40th birthday but uh yeah uh, yeah the big 4 man and uh gosh but uh but i'm losing track because we're talking about college man and uh and and in which i was what i was 18 at time the time ago. gosh <laughs> 22 years ago but yeah so i'm in this so i'm in the same dorm as band camp and but i'm still i'm kind of excited for getting a music degree so i'm taking it serious at first but i'm also a freaking newly found hardcore stoner and i get into this dorm and super quick i'm finding the other stoners and uh to the extent that we we kind of took the place over and, and it became uh, a smoker's balcony uh, to explain that. Like, so we, you could smoke, basically we were on the, the second floor and there was a little balcony section that actually overlooked the entrance. And, and it was just like a concrete kind of section that was out. And we would put our cigarettes out kind of reaching around, putting it out on the front. And at some point, it just we just had the realization that like when we put our cigarettes out left that little black mark we did it so much we started building up black marks to slowly <laughs> spell out smokers and that's we terrible we oh we were horrible <laughs> yeah and when once we got the s finished and uh, started on the m that's when the uh, administration caught wind <laughs> and started and shut sure. us down and cleaned it up and you know it gave us gave us a proper place to put out our our butts, but um but yeah, so so you know and and mm-hmm. I had a minivan at the time, and we used to we used to pile in it uh puff the magic van we called it uh, that's when yeah, it earned its uh, nickname the van yeah, that's it was actually a college and it was one of my friends uh that I used to smoke with there, and she she was the one that came up with the the not only a name but she had a song, you know. And uh, puff the magic van lived by the school. And when I ride, I get real high with all my friends from school. And um, uh, you
1: know,
0: pretty lazy. I mean, school two in a row, but like, hey, whatever. 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 <laughs> well, I can't? It's also twenty-two years later, man. But I know, yeah. but it was it was like that, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, so it was good times, and and I made some cool new friends too, and and uh, and but. But as, and I was serious about music too. And, and then, but then my attitude started getting in the way. And, uh, I think the one big turning point, and when I look back on this, it's like the adult me would just want to like backhand the, the young me at the time. But I remember when I, when I finally went to my first guitar lesson, cause I was sort of a music degree, um, and you kind of could have an instrument of choice. So my instrument of choice was guitar. It did offer sort of a guitar uh, line, and I went to go meet my guitar teacher. And I come. I think I think I'm the shit on guitar. And uh, you know, I it, like I I had I had I don't know. I could not receive critique at that time. And I think part yeah. of it was a little bit of my codependency that I'm learning about myself more these days. Um, my perfectionism too, and sort of my I wanted to be the best and I wanted to believe I was the best and and I didn't believe I I guess the thing is like for me I didn't understand that you had to suck at first in order to get good. Um I was the kind of person who was a
1: part you like wanted to project that like <laughs> Level of success to to even like, did you feel like you had to project that to even get there?
0: No, like, well, is that part of it? no, it's part of it's more of just like like I was like if something wasn't working out for me, I was quick to quit it. Yeah, no. and, yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah, and with music, yeah. I was or am a natural. I mean, like the my the music for me to tell the, 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 the sidetrack. I think I was maybe twelve. Um, yeah. my dad quit smoking and he and he for a year, and his reward to himself for a year of not smoking was he got an acoustic guitar. Um, mm. and and he bought a tablature book for Tom Petty. And one day he mm. was off doing something one night, and I picked up that book and started reading it and picked up his guitar, and I taught myself how to play. Um, what song was it? I taught myself to uh, learn a Tom Petty song, um, "Free Falling." Fallin'? Yeah, it was "Free Falling." Yeah, and because uh, it's it's pretty simple. It's just like what is, a, that, what is it like D A D G or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and most of it's just a D chord. It's just like you know, yeah, alternations on a D chord. So I just all I just learned was that little opening riff. You know, duh, da da da. I still duh,
1: play that sometimes.
0: Like I'll
1: I'll I'll stumble my way into it when I'm dicking around with my guitar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And my dad came home and he was super impressed that I'd figured it out. And so it, that was kind of the beginning. And then I got into they put I went into uh, playing clarinet in school in the band and a couple of years of that. And then I went to percu- I went into bass guitar when I moved to Marietta. Uh, and that's kind of a long story, but they let me play. They let me play electric bass in the band there. And then when I went to high school, they're like, "Well, you can't play electric bass here, and you don't really have the chops officially for symphony. So how about percussion?" And that's how I mm-hmm. became a drummer. But but yeah. yeah, so go and so so I don't know. So so I because I was a natural. I don't know. I just I just thought... I, I came in there just thinking I was going to impress the hell out of him and, and get like I got from everybody. Just like, wow, bravo. You're so good for your age. And, in, and instead, I, c- I come walking in with my guitar slung over my shoulders in the most horrific way that I can't believe I did. Because basically, I had the neck of the guitar Ooh. over my shoulder with the big body hanging off Ooh. the back. Right, like bending, you know, putting all that weight on the neck. You know, like I think I saw it on like a, a album or not a, you know, like a movie cover at the time. Uh, it was like rock star yeah. or something, and he's walking like that with his guitar. So I come in trying to be a badass, and this guitar teacher, the second I walk in the door, he's like, stop, put your guitar down. That is so disrespectful. I can't believe you don't nice. have a respect for your instrument like that. Don't ever do that again. Right off the bat, I thought yeah. he was a douche. You know, I'm sure he's actually a really cool guy. Looking back, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but it just it just set the tone. And then he said, "Okay, we'll play something for me." And I went to play uh, the solo acoustic song I had written at the time called Larry, uh, which was actually the break music on the first episode. For anyone that is wondering what it is or what it sounds like, you go back to episode one. It's in the show notes. You can hear the whole thing. But uh, and it's a modern recording because at the time I did kind of. Butcher it, uh, especially rushing it. Uh, just my tempo would just kind of, you know, you it know, know, I was, I was, I was nervous, and but and so he and then he starts calling me out and he starts picking apart my own song. You know, he's like, hey, you're rushing, um, you know, your picking's a little sloppy, and he's just pointing out the places where I can improve. But I was not in a place to To receive constructive feedback, and I walked away from that just pissed and just like fuck you, and uh and that and that was the beginning of my college career going from uh, an education to like I was just hanging out. Um, in a few weeks, I stopped going to classes altogether. I never went to another guitar uh, session. Um, at some point, even the the fraternity that I was like trying out for, like showed up to my dorm looking for me, kind of concerned. But, but no, for for that point on, I really was just sort of enjoying the free rent and the free food because I had like a lunch card or something. (laughs) Um, until my parents found out basically, and that lasted, like I said, almost you know, I got away with it at that point. I got away with it for about two months before my parents kind of figured out what was going on. And then I had to go back home, and um, mm. yeah, and that's college. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you ended up in that apartment? E, no, funny enough. No, that's an That's epi- that's, story, huh? that's gonna be a story for like episode. God knows what. Because yeah. Because basically, yeah. when I came back from college, that's when I started working, and I got kicked out of my house again. And that's when uh, a gentleman introduced me to the rainbow family and the rainbow gatherings. And that's that's the story that we're going to have for a full episode later. Oh, God. Yeah. I kind of sort of remember
1: that vaguely, but not really. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so college. Go ahead. For me, it was, you know, I would get on Marta and drive. I'd have to drive to a Marta station. And then I would ride Marta from, you know, I think it was North Springs mm-hmm. all the way down to the center of Atlanta and then walk to class. And, you know, depending on the day, if you had just like one or two classes or two classes, I don't think I ever had three classes or anything like that. And it was just very, oh, this was definitely my hippie days. Like I was wearing Birkenstocks, you know, mm-hmm. the clogs, riding Marta, you know, listening to probably my, uh. I don't even know if it would have been a probably an m p three player of some sort, you know, like kind of this weird hippie like technolo- technological kind of guy. Um but then it just never, I don't know. I never saw the point of it. Like there was nothing about it that seemed like there was an end that was gonna really. I don't know. I guess my mom never went to college, and she seemed to be able to do a good enough job without that. Like, I think she worked harder, of course, and you know, relied on my grandparents to to get through stuff. You know, come home with a lot of food after Sunday dinner with them or whatever when we were growing up up in uh, Detroit. Um, but I always, I guess, I just knew that like you could make it without it, so it wasn't that important and i just kind of floated along i never really decided to do one thing with it um so it was kind of i think one thing led to another i can't remember the reason i bring up the apartment because that's you know primarily where we met um and the timing on that for this whole college thing for me cuz you know i was still living at my mom's house obviously taking marta and going down and all that and eventually she found a bong in my room and that's when i had to get out so so i don't remember i think i hit it up in the like up in the there's a suspended ceiling like she moved me down in the basement finally so i had a basement you know separate from her and like yeah i think i hit it up in there and like she must have smelled it or something duh (laughs) (laughs) and yeah
0: um Yeah, bong rips are pretty hard to uh, cover up, man. It wasn't (laughs) a big one. Yeah, but like I can't remember
1: if I was still in college then or not when that happened. So that's something we'll have to put together with the timeline later. But yeah, that's how I ended up in that apartment. Yeah, that's you know I went up to the Mellow Mushroom asking if anybody knew, (laughs) you know, the Mellow Mushroom from my high school that my buddy worked at, um, that I I could walk to the back. You know, walk through it like I worked there, like it was mm-hmm. normal. You know, just walk to the back and sit out back and smoke bowls with people, just hang out. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the Mellow Mushroom will be a, an episode all to itself.
0: If we oh can find man, a way to find not it. not nothing like that not happened just at Mellow Mushroom. Uh uh uh. uh yeah, no yeah. no, um, and certainly doesn't happen there anymore today. I don't think so, actually. Yeah, I don't think um, so seems either. pretty
1: straight and narrow, honestly. Yeah. I go there to
0: this day and, and say hi to people. Um, so, yeah. Um, know, I'm just trying to cover up. I'm just trying to, or, or not even cover up, but just like, it like, because I mentioned Mellow Mushroom last episode, but I'm trying to keep a lot of things anonymous, just to sort of, because I don't mm. want to associate, like, drug use with anyone that, that you know, doesn't... It's a Mellow nobody- Mushroom, man. Yeah, man, but you know, bro, <laughs> like, come on. It's about the music, <laughs> man. No,
1: no, but <laughs> come on. They do a lot for the community and all that. And I think there's a good group of people that are, you know, involved with it in my experience. And they have good food. Like they'd always have a special spot in my place.
0: Oh, no, Mellow Mushroom life. always have a special but, place in my heart, too. And yeah, that's a phenomenal, phenomenal business. Um, so I went up there to find a place to live. And that's how I ended up in that apartment, you know.
1: And I just can't remember if I was done with college by then. I feel like I was. And, um, I was still, gosh, I would have still been working at the blockbuster video mm-hmm. at this time period. Yeah. So,
0: um, yeah. So this is probably like, it's this is probably a year after I had abandoned college.
1: I would this guess. would have been
0: like, you know, early 2002. Yeah. Cause you're, you're like a year behind me on, on the education yep. track. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. And at this point, I'm basically
1: just waiting for my buddy to save up money and pay off his car, so we can get a place in Atlanta together. Gotcha. That's yeah. what the whole the whole um, goal in my life really was was just really that. It was right. just get a job, hang out, relax, party. Yeah. You know, not even like, like a long
0: term thing. Like when you kind of left college, it was just <laughs> sort of like the living in the now kind of moment thing, right? You didn't think yeah, like paycheck well, to paycheck, mm-hmm. no plan why plan? Because if, you know,
1: and if I ignore things, it'll go away, you know, that type of stuff, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, and I was kind of a similar sort of, at least not calling you unhealthy, but for me, it was certainly an unhealthy mentality. I mean, I was just, I was just, I was just partying, you know? And yeah, I'm yeah. totally in the moment, not worried about the future. Cause I'm also young. I also feel like I've got all the time in the world, you know, heck I can go back to college later. Kind of a, kind of a thing. But, mm. but as time went on, uh, and I kept, I kept partying and kept living in the moment and kept not doing, not making steps to sort of further a career or have a career per se. Um, I mean, there was a time period when I was a manager. I mean, we're already talking about it at Mellow Mushroom, and that was actually kind of an upward point for me. Uh, where I was like, okay, you know, imagine this place. But then, like I said, as like the years went on, and people from my high school were coming in town to visit yeah. family, and they're saying like, oh, hey, Chris, still here? That that good feeling kind of yeah. faded. But that said, but I wonder I also- if in this. I
1: wonder if in this time period, like it, you we're mirroring what would have been going on in college. Like I always felt like college was a time to party and all that, you know, anybody I ever talked to, they're getting wasted, they're drinking. And I wonder if like, it was part of it for me would have been maybe like an automatic write off of that time that you're supposed to party, you know, but like now there's just no direction because at least when you're in school, like you're, you're moving towards some goal. But like you're paying for it too and like getting into debt and doing all that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, I wonder, I wonder about which, which side of that, you know, it's kind of an interesting, and I don't think people really talk about it that much, you know, Mm -hmm. like, at least not in my circle, you know, I don't know, I guess there's people who, who have it, and it's just assumed that you have debt. And I've never had college debt because you know I quit. I
0: right. would assume that'd be the same thing with you, you know, based well, on what you've said. Yeah, well, sort of. So that's a good question because for me, uh, I thought there was no debt, but it did turn out that, uh, I think because of the way I left, because I flunked out. I didn't like, I, I don't know how you do it correctly, but I didn't do it correctly, of course. And I flunked out of everything. Um, I know my dad basically covered me. There was a charge, um, so I'm assuming Hope just didn't cover it because of because my grades were zero. You know, I think you had to kind of keep a GPA or something. I don't know to mm-hmm. keep getting it. So, so I, I don't do, remember that either. I do know there was a form of debt, but it was at least a manageable debt that my dad covered it and never really told me about it. And I found out about it like no. a decade later later. But oh, wow. And also to kind of chime in real quick, because what I was just saying to about Mellow, because I mean, I said this in the first episode, but just because at the time I felt like I was in a dead end job and just because at the time I was like, I was ashamed to be a manager at a Mellow Mushroom uh, in front of the successful college grads, um, it doesn't mean that that's a shameful, I you know, I don't feel that way today because we got a mutual friend who, who still works at this Mellow Mushroom and I got a heck ton of respect yeah, for there. him. Yeah. And from then, yeah. and he's doing very fine for himself. You know, he's got a family he's in, you know, and, and, but that said, he always had a good head on his shoulders about things, you know, he, especially at least emotionally, I feel. Um, so, and, and he was
1: I was always a glass half full person or is always a glass I've always felt at least outwardly. And, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm sure everybody has their own demons and stuff like that. But right. yeah. Um, yeah. Like, roll with it and make the best out of it. Right. Like, yeah, super positive to be. I mean, like, to me, everybody has their own calling. And, you know,
0: like, that's just, he enjoys the people and, like, the pace of it. Yeah. And, right. and, And I almost wish I had, and I wonder, like, if I had the healthier mentalities that I have now back then, right, if, like. If I mean, shoot, maybe I would still be working there and living okay. I mean, like I said, today I work at a grocery store, you know, and, and I'm and I'm okay with it, you know, and I enjoy I, enjoy, I mean, enjoy helping people.
1: I go there for lunch every time I come back home and, you know, see my mom and bro, he says hi to literally
0: like three quarters of the people coming in when, yeah.
1: when he's working. So and it's like,
0: and he's always no been doubt. like that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's just, and that's him. Right. Exactly. It's just, that's just, he's yeah. just so genuine and, and gosh, and, 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 and And, looking back, I mean, I wasn't, and I was definitely a shameful person, so it's and you know something I'm still working on but but yeah, and so and but leaving college at the time i didn't I didn't i you know i just I was like whatever, I was in such a drugged up rebellion haze that it took time for it to sink in, and part of it too, and this is kind of one of the discussions uh I think we should have is sort of the at least I don't know if you had the same experience I had of like go to school, get a job. You know, that was that was my upbringing was you go to you're going to go to college, you're going to get a good job, you know, it, it, everything's going to be fine, you're going to go to school. Um it, it, it just set up this expectation and 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 again, I'm not the healthiest person, but but so, it's just no, I was I've
1: I've realized, and I think me and my mom had a conversation since we recorded the first one. I don't think she listened to this or anything like that, but mm-hmm. just in talking to her about <laughs> my own life now and in, in the house and the people I live with, yeah, um, it was more like I think I said I was always raised to like make my own decisions. Like it was like spaceship Sir Puck, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, you give them all the tools, you, they go out, they do their own thing. And all throughout high school, because now that I think about it, I gave up the last semester of high school, too. I mean, mm-hmm. like I barely scraped by enough to get that um,
0: that, that GPA requirement for the Hope scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and, and, same, and same here, like, but but I also, because I don't know, I, I had such a sort of sense of entitlement about college. When I left it, I felt hopeless. I didn't have that mentality of like, okay, well, I'm out of college. You know, I'm not doing that anymore. I guess I'll go to a trade school. I guess I will. You know, maybe go get a certification in in something in some skill, and and work my way up that way. Like I I assumed and thought I was stuck in retail work, and I lived that way for probably 15 years, and 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 maybe it's just me. But but I feel like at least in America we have a good portion of of our generation, maybe the next generation, that that still is sort of raised in this sort of dream state of like, oh, you just go to college, and when you get in, and it'll set everything up for your life. And I'm not noticed- so
1: before the well before the squirrels uh, distracted me there, and I, I lost track. It, it's the, the way that I was, yeah, the way that I was it was she always told me i was the decisions i make today are basically limiting my choices in the future mm. so there was never you have to do this you you must do this to do this it's like hey these these, these are the options in front of you young boy mm-hmm. and uh it's a choose your own adventure but keep in mind what you do or do not do now affects what options you have later on and that has been so true um and like i wish i could get it across to the teenager i live with now but you know that's mm-hmm. all to ourselves right <laughs> you know <laughs> um and some of that also comes to that of in different ways you know so Um, but yeah, that's, that's to me how it was, you know, go to school, get a job. It wasn't that it was like, these are your options and this is how you can get to this. You have to do this. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that she didn't say you go to school to become this, or, you know, there weren't talks about what kind of profession. It's just, I was always noncommittal. I was that one who you'd try something out for a while, get bored of it or You know, kinda if I wasn't good at it right away, the same thing you said earlier, Mm -hmm. um, I'd quit, you know, like Doom, the original Doom. Give me the cheat code. That's how I'm playing Doom. I don't I'm not taking damage. Like, give me all the weapons. Like that's that's how I play those games. Command and conquer, like all those old old school, you know, real-time strategy games. Like, Mm -hmm. give me the cheat codes, I'm gonna roll this map. You know, that that's that's my mentality with that type of stuff. And it's like um, it kind of carried over, you know, okay, well, I have these ideas and this is how I think things should go. So this is how it's going to go. And that's not always the case. Right. So, you know, that's yeah. more self-awareness, you know, looking back at that and trying to self-adjust, but, um, as far as go to school, get a job now, yeah. I did not have the same
0: experience. That's cool though. I'm glad you didn't. And, uh, yeah, I love that metaphor, by the way. That's a really cool metaphor. Yeah yeah be feel free to use it feel free please <laughs> and, well and and again because I'm not the healthiest individual but but that was that was my experience right it was was just it was just I kind of felt hopeless and it didn't help too because I had that reminder too uh not to call out a particular family member but right it was just like as life kept going on I just kept hearing that message just sort of reinstilled in me like oh I'd wish you go to school oh you know everything would be better if you go to school instead of something that's the extent of well what are you interested in doing well maybe you could maybe you could try and get your foot in the door there or this and that i mean there was some of that and i know my you know but but still nothing more often than not it was a push for college and it really wasn't until about 5 years ago um so around the time i was like 35 when i started working uh for this hvac distributor uh that and I, and I started, I saw a couple people from high school that, uh, that were working as HVAC techs and I would talk to them and, and one of them, uh, actually had his own business and, and they had just gotten their foot in the door or they went to a trade school and it was like a, I think it was only like a two year thing. And they just, they just got their HVAC license and started working. And, you know, 15 years later, they're, they're running the place and they're doing well for themselves. And, uh, and it's just like, and I and I had those sort of moments, um, and I and also when I worked for that cable company uh, just before that, and I had that kind of thing of I never would have considered that kind of work, and I and I had the thought of like, man, I wish I had embraced this in my early twenties. Uh, who knows where I'd be today? You know, I just, I just, I just, I just, there was a, I don't know, for some reason the message was was that I just had this assumption that you can't do anything, you can't get a real job without a college degree. And that is yeah. not true. I mean, did your parents both have college degrees?
1: Yes, but uh, okay. w- one See, of them my my mom didn't. So I I knew that that was <laughs> mm. like I knew inherently that I could be you could provide for at least yourself and <laughs> a child
0: with a little bit of help, All right? Um, without one, so yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. And and it, and it and it was kind of a part of the shame path for me too because like I talked in the first episode that sort of you know oh if I if I had not quit that computer programming job you know my life would be so much better i'm an idiot for doing that uh then there was also the aspect of like well i'm an idiot for for quitting college and and i just i just let myself kind of fester in it instead of trying to really recover from it for, for the longest time but and, and and again like hopefully not everybody kind of has that experience but anyone that does again it's it's you know you you don't have to have a college education and also you don't have to have a big job you know like we we're just talking about a friend of ours you know he he's the head of a restaurant um but i mean heading a restaurant is is quite an admirable thing and and it's a, not easy not it's actually a lot freaking harder than a lot of these college uh, jobs if you ask me um all the hats somebody has to wear, you know, you're, you're, you're managing staff, you're handling money, you know, you're, you're handling financing, uh, marketing, um, you know, customer service, um, cooking, (laughs) running a building, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, but, and, but, you know, and, and there's more in happiness than of course, like how much money you make. And that's another kind of big lesson, I think. The older I get is realizing that, that, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm, I'm as capable of being happy as I am when I was making, you know, 20,000 a year than I am when we've been having these, like, I don't know. I don't know what kind of good money we make now. Like I said, we're on a dual income, but you know, we, you know, we're not six figure or nothing, but you know, we're, we're doing, we're doing well. And, and, you know, and, and, and again, about money or no money, it's like, the happiness, it, it's not what happiness is about. It's all about state of mind. Absolutely. I I've
1: seen and been a part of um like a, an ex girlfriend, her dad has an estate, you know, up in the northeast on an island and, you know, makes probably seven figures, if not, you know, eight figures, um, mm-hmm. throughout different businesses and stuff. And she was raised with that. Um and you know that's not the best life either. At least in that circumstances, from what I saw, I'm sure people can do it and do it well. Mm -hmm. Um, this family did not, in my opinion, at least. You know, there were there were good people within it, and they were trying to do well. But at the same time, there's a lot of stress when you have money. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, more money, more problems is a real thing. Mm. Um, I saw it firsthand. Um, you know, because with that comes uh the stress of having the success of somebody who was able to build all that money you know if you come from generational wealth you know there's the the built-in pressures of trying to to meet that so um you know that to me has always been interesting you know the the different types of lives. And it really does just come down to a state of mind, you know um, what you're happy to do and what you're happy doing.
0: Yeah. Um, and, you know? Yeah. And there's so much huge potential too, for, for really for anyone. Um, I, I, my mind just kind of went to this while you were sharing, but you know, cause think about like how many successful people without college degrees there are, you know, Bill Gates is the one I think I always yeah. think of immediately. Um, was Steve Jobs one of them?
1: Yes, he he basically went and audited classes, um, calligraphy classes, and you know then started the business out of a garage. You know he went and joined a hippie commune for mm-hmm. a little while, ate fruit, and then you know met Wozniak and did the whole Apple thing out of the garage. And mm-hmm. you know he was not really a nice guy <laughs> when you read about it, right. um, which is necessary in business to some degree. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, they also did story? Didn't get cancer treatment. So you know, my dad had a run-in with Steve Jobs, and he said the same thing. He said he he came off as a big jerk. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, he went your in. Dad for, probably
1: couldn't do anything for him. You know well, what I mean? Like well, there was
0: nothing he could get from your dad. <laughs> well, the short, if I remember the story correctly, basically he went in for a job interview, and and on his way out, he saw Steve chewing somebody out. And yeah. he kind of left that place going, I don't want to work there. But Wow. Yeah. He went to interview where? Jeez, that's interesting. Yeah. If I remember the story correctly, yeah. Um, but it's been a long time since I heard it. But, but yeah. And yeah. it's funny, too, because, man, when, uh, again, about my attitude or my, my knowledge base just being wrong about it. And so when I went to high school, too, I got marked as um, an at-risk student at some point. And it was, I think it was in eighth grade. So when I we went to high school, I was considered at risk of, I guess, not going to college or failing out of high school. At risk. I didn't even know they did that stuff. Yeah. And they had this class. Gosh, I can't remember what it was called either, but essentially it was a class for people who weren't going to college. And it was basically a class on entrepreneurial, uh, ships mm. and, and how to be an entrepreneur. And, uh, and I did not, care or pay any attention. And there of course there was a lot of us sort of cut-ups in the class. So everybody was just kind of hanging out, whatever. And the teacher, he was a really nice guy and he he had a heart and he wanted to help everyone, but he also kind of had this sort of healthy kind of distance with it of just sort of, hey, here's the information. I know most of you don't care. And I'm not going to force it on you. You know, if you want to hang out, hang out. But if you want to learn this stuff will be useful for you if you don't go to college. And Looking back, I wish I had paid attention to that stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I could have, I could have gotten inspired and and started my own business. You know, and and that's almost like kind of a bullet point I'm starting to kind of come up with on the fly of you know anybody that's sort of getting near that age of going to college and thinks like, well, you know, I don't know if college is for me what should I do? Oh, mean, the kids, they, they know about all that stuff. Like, it's like, if you're not doing, if you don't have a side hustle, you're not trying these days. Yeah. It's basically what the expectation is. Old man. Well, yeah, I guess I'm behind the times. Cause right. You know, there yeah. was, it certainly was that mentality of like, you know, Oh, you go to school and you're going to work for one of the big corporations. And maybe
1: that no, people don't changed. even stick with jobs that long anymore. It's like three years or something like that. And you're mm-hmm. supposed to bounce, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, I just left a job of eleven almost twelve years. It would have been twelve years mm-hmm. in August of this year yeah. um and that's
0: that's uncommon these days yeah yeah well good and but also I don't know and it, it so good if you're if you've got a path outside of school, great, but it's all even if you go to school, it's just i don't know I almost wish to that that I had just had someone talk to me. That instead of just giving me this sort of simple, like Santa Claus version of what your future is going to be, like go to school, get a good job, get married, it was it was more of just like, well, look, you can you can try and you know, what are you interested in, or what do you think would be a good line of work? And it doesn't have to be something you're interested in. It can't just be a path for money and do what you're interested in on the side. You know, okay, well, maybe looking to get a trade school or get your foot in the door. You can start at a warehouse and work your way up. You know, and. And prepare, But even if you go to college, even having somebody kind of say, okay, well, what do you want to study? Well, how much yeah. is the debt you're going to get into? Do you think what you're going to work in is going to cover that debt? Because uh, there's, there's, I think, I feel like... I'm sure been... they, they, they do all that stuff now with all the... I don't know. Do you think? <laughs> I don't know. We got a whole generation I, I that's think... crying about the unfair debt traps that they're all in and wants the government to cover it mm. for them, which... You know, not to not to pick a side on that, but, you know, I mean, it's that implies to me, though, that there is a lot of people, though, that are sort of not prepared for paying that debt off in their game plan or people just see a way out and are like, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, do that. Maybe I guess, but I don't know. I'm not on that level. I mean, I mean you could kind of cry, it's like, oh, the people millennials. Are, they people aren't living free... in
1: rickshaws, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people who are living their lives, to my knowledge. I mean, most of the homeless people you see are gonna be um, you know, have drugs somehow. You know, there's something else other than college debt that is putting people into a street in a homeless situation, at least from what I can see. Well a lot so.
0: of a lot of homeless situations though, I mean, I mean, it's it's a complicated thing, but a lot of people too oh, are yeah. people that, no that doubt. They, you know that like lost lost a family member that was supporting them. That's that's yeah. number one. Um and you know, and then of course there's drug addicts and whatnot, you know, I you know, I don't write I don't know of too many that their debt put them on the street. I mean it's just one of those things that's just sort of gnawing at you and and they you know they're like, "Hey, remember us? Come sure on, you pay, can pay, us, pay us." Yeah, like
1: yeah. Like I think it's more to me is a thing that just hangs over people and keeps them from being who they really and like you know, like I have this full belief that like we carry things that like limit ourselves and mm-hmm. like even to the point there's little gremlins hooked onto us that you can like send away, you know, like Yeah. Um but like uh
0: you know, that it's just tough, I yeah, guess. It's tough, and I mean, and I do feel for people that that either were caught off guard or or feel like you know the tuition is not fair. Um, you know, things. I mean, things. I mean, it is. It is a very hiked up. I mean, the books are like what three hundred. Well, 400, I think you should. I think if
1: you're going to college, you should be able to make that equation yourself. I think. I don't think, you know. I think there should be a certain level of common sense, which is not common anymore. I understand that. But (laughs) I I think we should not give so many outs to simply not putting effort in and trying to find out things on your own. Like, I was a look it up kid. Ask my mom, go look
0: it up. Yeah. (laughs) She wouldn't just tell me, you know. Well, I think. No, and, and, and also, too, I mean, you got me thinking, too, of just, I mean, and that's also, too, why I also didn't want to go back into school, because that was on my mind. Like, I always said, I can't go back to school because I can't pay it off, or I'm not confident that what I want to study will pay it off. That's why, I mean, I always oh, wanted yeah. to go back for music. That's, I've but never
1: considered going back to
0: college because of the cost, absolutely. Yeah, You know, and, and maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, so I can relate to people on, on that college is too expensive in that regard, because right, while I do clearly, I've already kind of expressed it, that I have this sense of like, Hey, you signed up for it. It's what you owe, pay it up. But at the same time, it's kept me out of school, you know? So, so I do agree that there is sort of this, it's, it, you know, of course it's so expensive, but, you know, but it's, but it's valuable. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. Like, is it really that much? I mean, because there's so much that that they do have to cover. Sure, for, it is. You know,
1: but I, th- I I think it is, and I think that's why people still do it. I I don't think if the equation was really that bad. You know, I think the the things we hear about debt forgiveness and all that is just ways to get votes. Mm. Um. Hey, we're gonna do this, and then they get in an office and they don't do it. Um. Although maybe they have a little bit here and there. They tested it somewhere. I I don't remember. I don't keep up with a hundred percent of it. Yeah. But you know, it's such a moral thing. Programs for everything,
0: and it sets such a weird precedent. And and also because because it also makes me think too. On the other side, for for people that didn't go to college but fall into the other debt trap trap of credit cards. You know, that I almost fell into, you know, you, you get out of high school and, you know, they start knocking on your door, sending these credit cards and you barely know how to, I mean, I didn't know anything about managing my money at that time. Um, despite even the high school at that time, uh, cause I've heard things about certain classes getting rid of, but in the nineties, there was a part of social studies where they did cover basic book, bookkeeping, um, mean, you know, but so, so I had a little bit of that stuff ingrained, but I never got a credit card because at that point I knew I couldn't trust myself with it. But, but I know a lot of people that, that went all in and by the time they were like 21, you know, they had like, you know, I don't know, like ridiculous amounts of credit card debt that they couldn't pay off and then, you know, let them on a down, a downward spiral that way. I don't know. I don't know if if, do you feel like something like that can relate or does relate to people that did go to college falling into that college debt trap, the credit card debt trap? You mean? Yeah. No, I'm saying and the college debt trap. I think there's two sides. I think it's like if you go to college, you you've got your college debt, and then or if you didn't go to college, well, maybe you have the credit card debt. You know, the two sides of a similar coin. I don't think so.
1: Because like. I think going to college, you're trying to better yourself at least.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you have just credit card debt, you're just at least at that age and given the circumstances you've now you're presented, making
0: assumptions though, you're, on what people are. Well, given
1: in. the circumstances you just presented, you know about um, you know just opening them and not knowing and just spending it because you don't know how to manage your money like Mm -hmm. then then i think that's a different situation i think that's the type of person who i mean that's what the system is trying to take advantage of somebody who doesn't care doesn't like think oh of course (laughs) right so yeah oh yeah um i don't i don't see a connection personally
0: yeah it's just it's just two different two different things kind of going on but but I guess that's just a connection, though, of a similarity of just people, though, just being sort of entrapped in their own debt. But right. But they're creating it themselves either by choosing to go to school or by choosing to have a credit card. But right. It doesn't yeah. mean, yeah.
1: And see, I was I was raised to keep away from the credit cards, too. Um, and I have them now, but it's basically, like I
0: said, I think people are revolving. I just pay it off and yeah. using it for benefits. Right thank Um, god i i I chose not to right if i had well no i I did when i was young
1: i did do that once but then my grandfather died and i used he put me on some like small little insurance payout thing mm -hmm. and i bought my first mac and i paid off it was like a thousand dollars or something like that yeah worth of debt um i did those two things with that money um so like i did but then i stayed away from forever and like one of my best friends and like the earlier part of my life, he always was very strict with his money because his family, he saw his parents mm-hmm. in a lot of debt. So like the friend that I mentioned was saving up to pay off his, his car. He was doing that. So he didn't have that financial obligation Yeah. before moving out from his parents' house, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, uh, and, you know, I didn't get a credit card for the longest time, and thank God. But that said, you know, the other kind of, I don't know, I always had heard, though, that I should have because I needed to establish credit. Oh, you're never going to be able to establish yeah. credit now. It's a real thing, though. It is a real thing, but I, but I will share it for people to give a little uh, experience <laughs> that I've had. Um, I have amazing credit now, and, and it's too. mostly due to the fact that I never had credit, but it just took me a little time. But it wasn't much time at all. Basically... Uh, I went to the bank and uh, said, you know, I would like. Well, I think part of it was when when I met my wife, we were we were looking to get a home before long, and so we realized I had to establish credit. And so I had a uh, basically the bank loaned me a very small loan of like two hundred dollars. They have a program you can do, and essentially you give them the two hundred dollars straight up, and then they give yeah. you a loan, and then you have to pay it off slowly because you're you're establishing a history. That you've been given money. Prepaid credit. Exactly. And it was, I might have been as short as six months. It may have been as long as a year. But once I did that, and then it took another six months. So basically, about a year and a half, uh, my credit was established. And once that was, I had a score of 800, you know, and then credit card offers started coming in left and right. I got a simple credit card. I got my name on some utilities, just made my payments. I used a credit card to get gas, and that was it. You know, and then I would pay the gas off at the end of the month, and and like I said, I've got I've got this amazing credit, and so you know, another thing I just share because I feel like so many people get credit cards because of that. I don't. I feel I don't. I don't agree with that statement. I think I don't think you should get something unless you honestly feel you're ready, Um, because because I know me at that age, I would have once I had that drunk night, I've been like, yeah, screw it. You know what, guys, I got this credit card. Let's. Let's go to the bar, woo! You know, and then you wake up next morning hungover, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa! How did I spend six hundred bucks there last night?" You know, and then and then you're living paycheck to paycheck, so you never pay it off, um, and it just grows and grows and grows, and then you're like, "Well, f it! I'll just keep adding to it." I don't know. You know, it's like I'm not the only I'm not the only idiot <laughs>
1: out there. Yeah, I was raised <laughs> to not do that. I was yeah.
0: I was raised if you if you use a credit card, you pay it off every month. Right. I'm a very pragmatic mother. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. It's just, it's just you're not. You don't have to. I don't know. I don't feel like you have to get a credit card to establish credit. I maybe it makes it easier if you're responsible with it. And I mean, if you're responsible, but of course, that's a that's an assumption that we're kind of taking out of the statements I'm making because if you're responsible, then you've probably got a path set for yourself. You probably know what you're doing at you know said age when you're going into. Am I going to college or am I going into a trade? You know, but. For those that are maybe, you know, or weren't responsible that you're entering your 30s and you're kind of going, man, what have I done with my 20s? Um, you know, it's... I don't oh, know. yeah, there's a path.
1: There's mm-hmm. definitely a path. Yeah. Like I you can- paths to get out of that and, you know, get into the positive credit. And, you know, I I didn't have bad, but I didn't have great. And it certainly once I started paying attention to it and you know you pay your bills on time you do all that kind of stuff once yep. you get on those utilities mm-hmm. it only starts going up
0: i mean yeah yeah i think we've hit all the all the marks we were wanting to discuss and uh and so yeah, and a you little know, bit more probably. yeah you know and by sharing our story and uh and kind of discussing it i mean you know it's hard for me because i guess my intention is i is i want to give hope to people that may have had a similar experience as me have maybe dropped out of college and feel hopeless and while I don't really have the bullet points of like oh you should do a and then maybe look into doing b uh I hope at least emotionally um we've we've given a little bit of hope and inspiration that you know you just you just you just stop and kind of look within yourself and and start doing some research and figure out maybe a good path and and just make that decision set that intention and and just try and do the next right thing one day at a time uh, you know, there's hope for everyone in any situation and aim towards something.
1: Yeah. That would be my, you know, give yourself something to aim towards. Like you said, in that situation.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. So thank you again, all everyone for listening to degree of experience, um, next week, uh, or in two weeks, we're going to have my lovely wife, Rebecca Bargeron on the show, um, unlike us, uh, she not only finished college, but she went to it twice. Uh, she has a master's degree and she's going to share her story uh, about getting out of college and really working her way into getting a job using it. Uh, but it took her some time. It took her about nine, 10 years. Um, and I think that's going to be a nice change of pace from this episode because for those people that did go to college, I think it'll be inspiring to kind of hear a tale of how long it took. Because if somebody kind of got out and spent five years and they're thinking, man, you know, I'm a failure. I'm still not using my degree. Uh no, you're you're not. It 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 still takes time. You still gotta develop that experience. So so yeah, so next episode we're gonna have her on. Um and again Do we get
1: to get into the juicy details that everybody wants to know? The whole timeline? Well, maybe Sir Puck will be there and get to
0: ask those juicy questions. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, we will see. Um, and again, this has been degree of experience. It's a value for value podcast. And what does that mean, you might be asking? Well, value for value means we don't have any advertising, um, but we do have producers, not listeners. And we ask everyone that's, uh, to help participate in the podcast. You can do it in three ways. Because um, if you received any value, you, know, you can return that value back in the form of time, talent, or treasure. Uh, time being one of the biggest ones. Uh, while we're a new podcast right now, uh, if you can just give your time to, you know, help spread the word, uh, share about us on the internet, put in some reviews on whatever podcasting app you're using, uh, that helps us out a lot. Um, if you have talent, feed the algo. Yeah, feed the algos for us, please. And uh, also, if you've got some talent, um, if you're an artist, um, would love some. Art submissions. If somebody gets inspired uh, to redo our logo, I mean, I made it just the kind of best I could, you know. Things like that, we will give you credit. Uh, and then same with treasure. Um, you know, this this it, it does take money for us to do this to to kind of rent the digital space and to keep it up. Um, so if, again, this isn't free. This, yeah. Well, the podcast is free for people to listen to it, uh, but not for me to mm. put it out there, man. So yeah, you know, if you if you if you received any value out of it, you know, put a number on it, uh, send it back to us at value degreeofexperience dot com, um, and any any donation at this point, uh, you will receive a credit as an executive producer of the following episode. Uh, so get yourself, you know, a, a credit for a, a legit media property. Um, Where can they send notes into? Notes, notes are included. If you go to value.degreeofexperience.com, uh, there is an option to include a note with your donation, and we'll read those notes on the air. Uh, but also, you can also email me directly, chris at bargeron.life. Thank you all again for joining us for this episode of Degree of Experience. Next up for our end of show mix, uh, since it's my birthday, uh, I made a song with this awesome gift steel drum my lovely wife gave me today a little song called Dance of the Hillside. So enjoy, and we'll see you all in two weeks here on Degree of Experience. take like five years but oh god i hope that noise didn't come into the podcast uh i think it did i think it did i heard it you heard it oh no (laughs) that's hilarious